Bienvenidos a Crónicas de la Raza. Welcome to La Raza Chronicles. On today's program, Nina Serrano speaks with Maria de la Rosa and other Fandango Son Jarocho artists that are going to be performing and sharing their skills in coming workshops at La Peña Cultural Center in Berkeley. And you're in for a special treat, DJ Juan Data's musical insight as he gives us an introduction to some of the summer music to look out for. All this and much more. As always, we start the program with Noticias Sin Fronteras, News Without Borders, as well as updates from Brazil. Our updates from Diogo Antonio Rodriguez, who is reporting from Brazil through the World Cup. All this and much more. Stay tuned. This is Vilma V with Noticias Sin Fronteras, news headlines without borders from America Latina for the week ending June 8th. IT. Once again, last Thursday, as they have done numerous times this past year, several thousand Haitians have taken to the streets in the capital of Port-au-Prince in a large demonstration demanding that President Martelly step down. Police fired volleys of tear gas in an attempt to break up the large march. There is growing anger in Haiti over the high cost of living, increased levels of corruption, and the absence of any agreement regarding the timing of the next round of local and legislative elections. Colombia Colombia's leftist FARC rebels declared a ceasefire this past Saturday, which is set to be in effect from June 9th until June 30th, a period that will cover the runoff election between incumbent President Juan Manuel Santos, who has been in peace talks with FARC, and his closest rival, right-wing candidate Ivan Zulaga. The three-week ceasefire was posted on the FARC's website and was delivered in an open letter to Zualaga, who has declared publicly that he may suspend talks with FARC if elected. The Colombian presidential elections are set to be held this Saturday, June 15th. Polls show that the candidates are in a very tight race with no clear indication of who will win on Saturday. Guatemala Guatemala's ex-police chief, Erwin Sparrison, who had been appointed to the job in 2004, has been sentenced to life in prison in Switzerland for the killing of seven prisoners. Sparrison was convicted for his involvement in the extrajudicial killings that took place during a police raid in Guatemala City in 2006. His arrest in 2012 was the result of the United Nations' efforts to crack down on official killings with impunity in Guatemala. Sparrison fled to Switzerland in 2007, where he held dual citizenship. He was tried under a Swiss law that allowed Swiss nationals to be tried in their own countries for crimes committed abroad. Former Guatemalan Interior Minister Carlos Villalman, who fled the country at the same time as Sparrison, is due to stand trial on similar charges in Spain sometime this year. Venezuela Controversial opposition leader Leopoldo López has been ordered to stand trial by a court in Venezuela on charges of instigating violence during government protests this past February. The former mayor of Caracas, Chacao District, a wealthy enclave in Caracas, is Harvard-educated and was seen as one of the coup leaders when the late president Hugo Chávez was briefly removed from power back in 2002. López was described in a 2009 classified cable published by WikiLeaks by the political counselor at the U.S. Embassy, Robin D. Meyer, as, quote, arrogant, vindictive, and power-hungry, as well as a divisive figure within the opposition, end quote. Lopez was barred from running for re-election as mayor of the Caracas district back in 2008 for allegedly misusing public funds. If found guilty, Mr. Lopez could face up to 10 years in jail. Puerto Rico Unions representing public employees in Puerto Rico have threatened to call a general strike if the government, headed by Governor Alejandro Garcia Padilla, maintains its plans to reduce state workers' benefits to contain the island's budget deficits. The president of the UTIER Union, a union of electrical and irrigation workers, Angel Figueroa Jaramillo, stated in regards to a proposed law which could allow the government to renegotiate public employees' contracts, quote, if the government does not make it more sensitive, there will be a general strike, end quote. There are also plans for individual 
individual work stoppages that will not be announced in advance. Jaramillo further declared, quote, the working class has already made all the sacrifices possible to contribute to getting out of more than seven years of economic crisis in the U.S. Commonwealth, end quote. This has been a summary of some of the latest news headlines from America Latina. I'm Vilma V for Noticias Sin Fronteras and La Raza Chronicles. If you have a news item that you would like to share or have us track, email us at larazachronicles at kpfa.org. Vamos a provocar un cortocircuito antes de que en el 2012 caiga un meteorito. A portarnos mal, a cometer delitos, a comernos a caperucita con los tres cerditos. Esto no se trata de rebeldía, esto se trata de ser indisciplinado por un día. Los incomprendidos de nuevo te están... The World Cup starts in two days. In the last seven years, Brazilians lost their patience and have learned to keep the government in check. The World Cup opens in two days and there are many lessons to be learned. When Brazil was chosen to host the event in 2007, many promises were made and people's expectations were high. The country was experiencing significant economic growth and not even the financial crisis that terrified the world the following year seemed able to damage Brazil's favorable momentum. President Dilma and her staff often talked about the World Cup legacy to justify the amount invested in airports, stadiums and urban mobility. We're not far from the opening game and it is impossible to hide that things did not go according to plan or people's expectations. It is true that all the stadiums were built on time, barely, but not all the airports are ready. Confins Airport in Minas Gerais is still being reformed. The same is true for the renovations that were supposed to be done in the 12 host cities. In Cuiabá, the capital of central western state Mato Grosso, the roads that connect downtown to the Pantanal Arena will only be finished after the tournament. In Cuiabá, the capital of central western state Mato Grosso, the roads that connect downtown to the Pantanal Arena will only be finished after the tournament. Folha de São Paulo newspaper estimated that 53% of the promised renovations and constructions will not be done in time for the World Cup. This is a number that may help to understand what happened in June of 2013, when the country stopped for two weeks due to gigantic protests in the main cities. Brazilians were expecting the country to change in the same way Barcelona changed when it hosted the 1992 Olympics. But they got frustrated when they noticed that the results of the World Cup efforts were closer to the ones we are used to. Inflated investments, slow progress and a few accidents on the way that claimed the lives of eight construction workers. The total cost of the event will be nearly $15 billion, the most expensive World Cup in history. According to a poll by the Ibopi Research Institute, 51% of the population supports the tournament. In February, it was 58%. Although we cannot deny that 2014 World Cup did not go as planned, we also have to put things in context. Many protesters complained that all the money used in the stadiums could be put to better use by investing in hospitals, schools and public universities. But not all of that money could have that destination. Only four of the 12 stadiums that were built or renovated belonged to states, cities or other public organizations. Clubs or private entities owned the other eight, so those arenas could not receive public investments. They were granted loans by the BNDES, a union-owned bank that lends money to the public and private sectors. That money will be fully repaid. Another part of that money is being spent on airports and other infrastructure improvements, things Brazil badly needs with or without the World Cup. Folha de São Paulo also put the total investments in perspective. 
the total amount spent on the World Cup is equivalent to one month of the annual education budget. But the money spent on the World Cup was pulverized during seven years. There is no doubt that many mistakes were made and that the budget should not have been as high as it turned out to be. These disappointments are lowering the temperature of the World Cup fever Brazilians normally experience every four years. But little by little, flags are being unfolded and soccer is becoming the ubiquitous subject in Brazilian media. The metro workers strike, however, that has stopped Sao Paulo for five days and has been put on hold is here to remind us of the true legacy this World Cup will leave. Federal, state and municipal governments will have to be more careful with the promises they make because Brazilians have become less naive in the last seven years. For KPFA's La Raza Chronicles, this is Diogo Antonio Rodriguez from Sao Paulo, Brazil. This is Nina Serrano for La Raza Chronicles. I have in the studio today a very exciting group of people, a group of musicians who've been playing with each other for years, and now they're coming together to give workshops at La Peña Cultural Center in Berkeley. These workshops are part of a celebration of the 39th anniversary of the La Peña Cultural Center that's been such a blessing to our community for these 39 years. They're going to be giving workshops on Thursday the 12th, on Sunday the 15th, on Tuesday the 17th, and on Thursday the 19th. You can learn how to play Son Jarocho. You can enjoy Son Jarocho. You can learn to do its dance. You can learn to play its music. And you can learn to enjoy it more because you'll know more about it. They're also giving a final concert as part of a fandango, a big party, on Saturday, June 21st at 7 p.m. at La Peña. That's the colma. That's the final event that comes out of these four-day workshops, June 12th to 19th. They're mostly in the evening, except for the Sunday one, which is from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. But you don't have to remember all that because I'll tell you more about it later. But first, let's start with a song. Here they are live at KPFA on La Raza Chronicles.
You just heard Son Jarocho as played by visiting musicians from Mexico as part of the Project Paz, Fandango Urbano. They're going to be playing at La Peña on Saturday, June 21st at 7 p.m. as part of a fabulous concert and fandango, but they're also going to be giving workshops. I'm going to be speaking with Maria de la Rosa, who you've heard before. She's an educator and local musician and has contributed so much to the knowledge of the Bay Area of this phenomenon of Son Jarocho. Bienvenidos, Maria de la Rosa. Thank you very much. Muchas gracias. It's a pleasure that you're here and bringing these marvelous musicians. Tell us something about Son Jarocho, its roots and its role. Bienvenidos, Maria de la Rosa. Thank you very much, Nina. It's wonderful that you've brought these great musicians here. Could you tell us their names? Sure. I have here some great, great friends and master artists, Liche Oseguera Rueda, who today is playing the guitarra de Son. And ahí está. And Patricio Hidalgo Bailly, who's playing a Jarana Tercera. And Ruby Oseguera Rueda, right behind me here, in El Zapateado. You hear her, but you think she's playing the drum, but no, she's using her feet, and she's playing dancing. The tarima, playing the tarima. So what is the role of Son Jarocho and its history? Son Jarocho is a, a community phenomenon. It's a music that comes from people who, it's hundreds of years old, at least 400 years old, and has had lots of different manifestations and developments over time. But it principally is found in the fandango, and it was a way of celebration, whether it be a baptism or a wedding or just for fun getting people together, and people take different roles, playing instruments or dancing, doing improvised poetry, and cooking, and, and taking care of the rest of the kids. And so there's a lot going on. It's done in a, a circular formation, so everybody's kind of formed around each other. But that phenomena, that music, has gone from the ranchos and pueblos in Veracruz out to the world into concert stages. And these musicians that are here with me have been on those international concert stages. I've also also heard that it has an African influence. So its origins are considered to have three main roots, which are the Arabic-Spanish influence, the African influence, as well as the indigenous influence, the, the indigenous population of Mexico. So it sort of came out of the arrival of those cultures to that area, which is the Gulf of Mexico and the original port of entry for the Spanish into Mexico. And you've devoted so much of your work to Son Jarocho. I'm very much a folk traditional artist and have been doing it for over 25 years and been dancing. And now I'm more recently learning to play music and write the poetry and, and working on these projects and, and basically dedicated to the community aspect of this music and keeping people together and, and practicing what this is. And you've been teaching this to the children. I do. I teach in uh, Richmond and I teach in the South Bay and East Bay, so in a lot of different places. So there's a whole other generation coming up that's going oh, to know yes. about having fandangos and listening to Son Jarocho. Oh, sure. And, I, and I'm certainly not the only. There's, there's been people here for about 30 years doing that, and uh, I am a product of that, that teaching as well. So I'm just continuing a tradition that's already been here for a while. So these workshops you're going to be conducting from the 12th to the 19th, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about them. Well, let me back up just a little bit. The project actually, Paz Fandango Urbano, is the reason why these artists are here, my friends are here with me, is that we're, we're getting together to write new sones, and we're writing them about the Bay Area. And so that's where we just were this morning. We're going out into the community, sort of sourcing information, kind of listening to what is the history of this area, what is the experience of the Bay Area, and writing new sones. The workshops are opportunities just to connect back into the the community and teach some basic Son Jarocho steps and everything and prepare people that maybe never have seen Son Jarocho, but then also people who have been around a while and to be in contact with the the, the artists as well, and to also sort of hear what we're doing with the material that we're working on and then bring that all to the Fandango. Final concert is to debut these new sones. There's going to be four at least, and we've already got two and a half done at this point. <laughs> And then a fandango will fa follow. And that's going to be Saturday, June 21st at La Peña Cultural Center in Berkeley mm -hmm. at 7 p.m. Right. I hope we have time for one more song. Oh, yeah. We're, well, yes. You have to hear them. 
been listening to the music of Paz Fandango Urbano, a wonderful project, and you'll be able to see them perform at La Peña on Saturday, June 21st at 7 p.m., and you can participate in their workshops Thursday, June 12th from 6 to 10 p.m., Sunday, June 15th from 10 a.m. till noon, and Tuesday, June 17th from 6 to 10 p.m., and Thursday, June 19th from 6 to 10, and enjoy the concert on June 21st, Saturday, at 7 p.m. Muchas gracias. A usted, gracias. Thank you, Nina, very much for having us. And thank you to Dev Ross for engineering. listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. I'm Julieta Cusnid, and we're getting to do something that we're really excited about today. We're having our second installment of having Juan Data, who is a DJ, a music writer, and a longtime follower of all kinds of alternative Latino music and really been following Latin music in that broad, broad theme where he goes far beyond what most people think of when they just think of Latino music or music from America Latina. Juan Data, thank you so much for coming into the studios today. No, thank you for having me. I love it here. Yay! <laughs> well, we love having you here and having your expertise. So you write a lot for Remezcla, you write a lot for your blog, Hard Data, where you yeah. cover all kinds of great music. We had you here in December, and we had you wrapping up 2013 and giving us an overview of some of the bands that you think really brought something different to the music scene. And mm-hmm. you highlighted some incredible artists, and we had a lot of great feedback from that walkthrough of some people that I think were new to a lot of our listeners. So. <laughs> We invited you back, and we're looking forward to the summer. And summer music. Yay, summer music. <laughs> and summer music that goes beyond the top 40 ridiculous music that we hear all over. And we get to hear from you about stuff that maybe we would miss otherwise. So, Juan, thank you so much for being here. And I'd love for you to share with us something that you are just thinking that more people need to know about. What's something that for you you're like, I think that the world would be a better place if people heard this. Well, I, I, I don't know if that qualifies. <laughs> I, I don't know if the world would be a better place just with people change their music, consuming <laughs> habits, you know. <laughs> we need a lot more deeper changes than that. But <laughs> True, but what's going to get people dancing? Because we mm-hmm. all know. what's the uh, To start people in a dancing mode, one song that I really like, and it's by Los Racas from Oakland here. It's called Africana or Mujer Africana. And... I brought this song up because I actually spent the afternoon yesterday with them in their office, and those guys are super, super cool. They're like adorable. You can't hate them, you know. <laughs> like I try really hard to hate them, and I, I, I can't, you know, because they're amazing. And this song is like more on their sensitive side. Like sometimes they get a little bit misogynist, or like they have a lot of like womanizing going on in their songs, which is very typical to that genre. But sometimes they cross to the sensitive side and in this song is an example of that because it talks about loving African women or women of African descent and they talk about their mothers and their sisters and their cousins and all women of African descent because they are Latinos from Panama from African descent so I think that's a topic that it's like rarely spoken on in in Latin music in general. We usually forget about the African roots of Latin American people. And it's good to do these two very young kids and very new. This is their first official album. You know, they had a bunch of underground releases before, but this is their debut. And I find it very optimistic that they're like signed on a major label like Universal and talking about these topics on over a, a really dense, happy beat. You know, it's, even though it's the lyrics, is, you could say serious, the beat and the, the rhythm of the song is very dance floor friendly. So we're speaking to Juan Data, who, along with being a critical music critic, is not afraid of, of saying whether or not he likes or doesn't like a group. He is also a DJ that gets people on the dance floor. So you said that this genre oftentimes has some misogynistic lyrics. So give a little bit more background before we play the music of how you describe the genre that La Raca sometimes gets put well, into. Well, th- they're not in a, a, a particular genre itself because they, they mix a lot of different influences. Definitely, they have the have a hip-hop side they have a lot of dance hall like jamaican dance hall influences which go through panama through you know it comes from all the pre-reggaeton music like el general and all that stuff which was like they call it plena now but it used to be like ragamuffin or reggae espanol 
And so they ha they come from that source, but at the same time, they're influenced by the current commercial hip hop of the out of tune type of people like like Little Wayne and all that stuff with you know the, they have those those type of lyrics talking about drinking champagne in the <laughs> in the VIP with girls moving their butts and all that stuff but at the same time they also have in their album they, there's a lot of like house beats and like more like DJ oriented stuff there, there's a big variety of uh, sources and influences in the in the album it's not strictly hip hop it's not strictly reggae that's Las Racas, so Juan Nata got to spend the afternoon with them. We're, we're going to get to hear this song, Africana, and so folks can get a taste of a very, very local but now universally loved group. musicians that really have a lot of different genres they're going at it in a lot of different ways it's summer music which in general i feel like is more positive uplifting it people want to be happier lighter in the summer absolutely yeah <laughs> so that's that's the genre overall in terms of just people aren't necessarily listening to music that's making them cry alone in their room as much <laughs> as much it happens but you know it's less likely so really you brought music from all over america latina who else do you want us to highlight 
Well, since we're talking about summer and Latin America, you know, this summer in Latin America, the main thing that's happening is the World Cup, which is happening in Brazil. And that's going to be like, usually there's a lot of music associated to that. There's a lot of like very upbeat, party-friendly music that comes with the World Cup, and especially in a place like Brazil, which is, it's like the heaven for party music. You know? So I, I brought a, a couple of Brazilian-related songs. None of them are strictly Brazilian, in the, and they're not nothing to do with the World Cup. You know, you can listen to the World Cup song by Pitbull and, and J-Lo, whatever you want, and it's horrible, and I don't recommend it, but you're going to have to listen to it anyway because it's going to be everywhere a month from now. But uh, this is kind of like an alternative to the FIFA <laughs> World Cup soundtrack. And to start, I wanted to play this super funky disco song called Brazil. The song doesn't talk about Brazil. The title of the song is Brazil. And I think the title of the song relates to the beat. The disco beat has a kind of like Brazilian samba percussion in the background. But the the band that made the song is from Uruguay, actually, and they have a name in French. They're called uh, Saint Les Amis. So it's a, a Uruguayan band uh, with a French name singing about Brazil. It's a little bit confusing, but all very cosmopolitan and very a sign of the globalized times we live on. <laughs> Well, actually, why don't you also give us a little background on the record company that put out this great band? Because a lot of people who are getting into alternative Latino music, people mm -hmm. who are trying to move beyond Pitbull, sometimes it's a struggle because you don't <laughs> hear this stuff on the radio. <laughs> so they're actually put out by a really important uh, record label that puts out a lot of great folks. Can you give Definitely. folks a little yeah, context? That, that just came out on uh, Nacional Records, which is a, a Los Angeles-based record label that releases a lot of like Latin alternative music from all over Latin America, Spain, and some uh, U.S.-based local artists. But mostly mostly what they do is like they scope out whatever they think that it's successful in Latin America that doesn't reach organically the United States. They get them, you know, like when they're young and they're still like fresh in Latin America and they make them cross over to the Latin alternative market here, which is a, it's a total label that only fits within the United States market. Nobody calls it Latin alternative in Latin America. You know, over there, people just, uh, they refer to the music depending on the genre. You know, it's like hip hop or rock or heavy metal or ska or reggae or EDM, whatever. But here they kind of like put all that together because it comes from Latin America and Spain and they it all falls under the Latin alternative label and and kind of like national records is they've been championing this style uh, since like I think 2006 that came they came out so that's a great way for people to find out about other bands if you're someone who loves music from Latin America but maybe you want to hear something other than salsa you want to hear something other from really cheesy top 40 music then you can check out Nacional Records and get a whole list of some great musicians that are, come from all over Latin America and aren't forced to be fit into this very <laughs> narrow box of what it means to be a Latino artist. Absolutely and also like July is coming up and in July uh, Nacional Records has hit their annual summer party which is the LAMC the Latin, Latin Alternative Music conference in New York and I think these guys uh, St. Les Amis are definitely going to be playing there with a bunch of other artists not only from National Records like Anna Tishu and others there is going to be a bunch of other artists like uh, Ilya Curiac and the Valderramas from Argentina I'm really excited to see them I'm, I'm definitely going to be there in New York at Central Park checking that out <laughs> So now people can get a taste of, help me say the name, my French doesn't exist. Saint Les Amis. Saint Les Amis. So people can hear this track and get a taste of, of some Brazilian feel from this Uruguayan band. <laughs>
heard Saint Les Amis, and we're speaking to DJ Juan Data, who's walking us through some music um, that we can dance and swing our hips to during the summers, along with some new artists yeah. that are maybe breaking through here mm-hmm. in the U.S. We have some artists that are already loved and already sell out shows. Who uh, is coming out with new music that we should be on the lookout for? Definitely Jorge Drexler from Uruguay. It's one of them. He's definitely already like this. I, I wouldn't say he fits in the Latin alternative category. He's like more broad in his reach, like more like a crossover artist in Latin America and in Spain and even abroad because of the the fact that he did like movie sound very successful, like Oscar awarded movie soundtracks and stuff like that. But in Latin America, he's one of the best lyricists, contemporary lyricists, I would say. He's an amazing poet. And besides being a charismatic and handsome singer, which charms the ladies, you know, you have to recognize that he's a very talented writer. And also, like, he doesn't fall in the cliches of the genre. He, he could easily be, you know, like a romantic crooner and be talking about like the cheesy, corny stuff that everybody else does and following all those cliches. But instead, uh, his lyrics are very original and very in, uh, ingenious. And his music reflects that. It's very, uh, in a sense, experimental. The instruments they use, the, his band, the instruments his band use, uses are very experimental, very innovative, and they don't follow into any preconceived patterns. It's very hard to define or to explain unless you listen or to see him live, which if you have a chance, definitely go see him live. And whenever he comes to the United States, I'm always there. But he has a new album out, and it's the first time that he has an album that it has. it's more about dance rhythm. Usually his previous albums were more more like into the folky singer-songwriter, down-tempo side. This album, even though it's still very built around the lyrics, because he's a lyricist, uh, the, the beats that he uses are a lot more um, dance-oriented, but not like club. It's not like it's not the stuff that a DJ would play in a club. It's more. Uh, it has cumbia, for example, or rhythms of Latin America that are usually more dance-oriented beats, but not in a club type of way. Not in an electronic dance, punch, punch, punch type of way. But so it's it's a good balance of it. You know, it's like people are not gonna go crazy singing and chanting this in a club, but it's. Definitely a good listen, and the, and the lyrics, as usual, are amazing. So we'll take a listen to a song of Jorge Drexler's yes, latest. Yes, the song is called Bolivia, and the song is about, I think, his family. I, I, I don't know the background of the song, but from what I listen in the lyrics, it's uh, talking about his family migrating from Eastern Europe, escaping the, the Nazi Germany during the Second World War, and going to Latin America, migrating like many Jews that went to South America, and they found a home in Bolivia, of all places. In the lyrics, it says that Bolivia was the country that opened their arms to them. Well, after knocking the the embassies of many other countries, Bolivia let them come in. And that's how his ancestors came to South America, and he was born in Uruguay. So now we'll hear Bolivia by Jorge Drexler. Desde 
vociferaba Y entonces llegó del frío En pleno glaciar hiriente Una insólita vertiente de agua tibia ah, Todos decían que no Cuando dijo que sí Bolivia Se vuelve y tras volver se distancia y cambia la itinerancia y los barcos van y vienen y quienes hoy todo tienen mañana por todo implora y la noria no demora en invertir los destinos y en refrescar la memoria. de ida en caminos de regreso se transforman porque eso una puerta giratoria no más que eso es la historia you just heard bolivia by jorge Drexler off of his latest cd we're here with juan data who is a music critic a writer he is a dj and he's keeping us up on what's coming out for the summer we're going to highlight i think a, another song so so you've taken us to someone who's really i think speaks to a really broad range i think jorge Drexler really cross age and and mm -hmm. ethnicity and backgrounds really speaks to a lot of people las racas maybe you know get some people moving some people not in terms of just really being a more of a dance it's, like it's more young people young oriented, people yeah. oriented. Yeah. Jorge Drexler is something that my mom could totally enjoy and yes both me and my mom <laughs> love Jorge Drexler not just because he's handsome but because of his music yeah, yeah. definitely so who else do you want to feature well I, I wanted to break away from the Latin, Latin alternative whatever and going to salsa, which is a genre that I, I usually don't play at all. As a DJ, I, don't, I, I try not to play salsa in my sets. I, it, it kind of bothers me. But when, when it's good salsa and it's well-made and, and it has like interesting lyrics that don't fall into the typical cliches of the genre, I'm totally open to it, especially when the salsa has like a strong roots into the foundations of, of salsa of the 70s fania type of sound that when salsa was still more like afro-latin and, and and street than the ballroom and 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 all that cheesy stuff that came later in the 80s and 90s you know and this band it's a band based in in richmond virginia of all places which nobody expects a latin band to come out from there and they're amazing. They're called Biorhythmo or Biorhythmo, depends how you want to pronounce it. And they're really amazing in that sense. They do a salsa with a very old school texture, a very old school aesthetics. And they do it in a kind of like do-it-yourself punk rock attitude. You know, they, they release their music all in vinyl. They're like very old school in that sense. And at the same time, experimental and doing a lot of stuff that is not typical of the... It's nothing like the salsa band that you listen to on a bar on a Thursday night and for people to dance and they play the typical standards of the genre, you know. has nothing to do with that. They're releasing a new album this month on Bumpy Soul, which is a vinyl-based record label. 
based in in Spain, actually. So Juan, we want to make sure that people have a way to stay up on all your writing since you throughout the year are constantly highlighting, going through CDs, telling people about shows and telling people about new artists that you're discovering. Mm -hmm. How can people read your work and continue to stay <laughs> up on on all your, your musical digging? Because you do a lot of research and, and we don't all have the time to stay up on it. So, yeah. so how can I, I really don't do that much research. It's like, I think like I'm, I'm out there writing and people find me and send me stuff constantly. Like, like my mailbox and my email are constantly bombarded by new music that sometimes I know I'm not even, I don't even have physical time to listen to it all, but you know, it's overwhelming, but I get CDs and stuff like that all the time. And I also go to record stores and buy records whenever I can. To, so yeah, I keep up, but I don't. I don't have one place where people can follow everything I do because I write for several different publications. In Spanish, I write for El Mensajero newspaper. That if you read it here in the Bay Area, like next week, you're gonna see my interview I did with Los Racas, for example. Oh, great! And uh, online, I'm on remezcla.com almost on a daily basis there, and I write. It's almost about like the most most current stuff, like new videos, new singles, new remixes, new mixtapes, and stuff like that. And then sometimes, I haven't done it lately, I've been slacking off, but sometimes I post more like longer form reviews on my blog, which is the hard data or latinbatcool.blogspot.com. And all that, whenever all, any of that comes out, I, I tweet it on, on, I put it on Twitter and I, you can find me on Twitter as Juan Data. Yes, that's true. He said Latin, but cool. That's the name <laughs> of his site, which is hilarious. And it's, uh, well, that's kind of like an answer because like when I started DJing, people asking me, oh, you're, you're a DJ you, and you're Latino. So they assume like you must be playing, you know, Ricky Martin and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a DJ and I play Latin music, but. But not that Latin music. <laughs> I play Latin, but cool, you know. <laughs> so that that came out. It ended up being the name of the blog. So people can follow you on Twitter, read your blog in Spanish and English. They can also follow you on Remezcla. And we're going to go out with this song. So uh, people are going to get to hear this fun, really different type of salsa. It'll it's probably called La Via. La Via. From Bioritmo. From Bioritmo. Gracias, Juan. Thank you. Date cuenta Simplemente aparece y no podrás 
been listening to La Raza Chronicles, Cronicas de la Raza. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any show ideas or would like to get involved with the program, you can always email us at larazachronicles at kpfa.org. You can stay up on our news by liking our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash Chronicles, and you can listen to archives of past shows at soundcloud.com slash Chronicles. Buenas noches. <laughs> Thank you.